This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. We got a wild one for you this week. That's right. The diva, the doll. What did you just do? What were you about to do? Oh, I was just going. You're going to knock it out of the park. Knock it out of the park. The diva, the doll, Um, the, the, the three W's, honey. Weed, wine, and a wig. She'll get you Mama, there. Mama, this interview is so funny. Kelly Mantle is the funniest. So calm, but like just Doesn't it feel peaceful? Joke. Peaceful yeah, chatting. I literally her. didn't, I wasn't screaming as much. It did feel, it felt nice and peaceful. So if you're looking for a meditative chat with a drag legend and an icon, get ready for this episode with Kelly Mantle. Kelly Mantle. Dun, 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 dun. No, no, it's no, no, it's just right there. Forever. First choice is a big old bus. You turn around and boom, you end up with us. Sloppy seconds. Oh, Diva. Our number is 213-536-9180. Our email is sloppysecondspot at gmail.com. Now on with the show. How you slop, you stupid little fuck, you nasty little fuck, you dirty little fuck, you stupid little fuck. Are you ready for some sloppy seconds? Hi, I'm Big Dipper, and that's Meepo, and welcome back to Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meepo. You know, I saw a little clip uh, of something on social media where they were doing auction, auctioneer school. And um, there was like a person up front and they were doing like, you know, in theater school, you're doing like red leather, yellow leather. Yeah. They uh, had a person up front doing like numbers, fast numbers. And then all the auction auctioneers who were learning were in like a hotel ballroom space. And they were like doing this call and response. Maybe you could go do that. Meepo. Well, you know, I'm trying to get my drag out to new places. You know, I would love to be a drag auctioneer gr- doing it on the red carpet. I'm not joking. I'm going to take Archie to a cat show and make him like start walk around with him in full drag being like, my cat's going to win. That's crazy. Well, speaking of taking drag to new places. Oh, you yes. See, you see how I did that? You did that real good. We have an incredible <laughs> guest who's done everything, everything in drag. Literally everything. Please welcome... Kelly, Kelly Mantle! Mantle. Ah, quit it some more. No, really, quit it some more. <laughs> Kelly, how's your uh, year going? 2022? Yeah, 2022. You know what? I am just living my Hollywood fantasies, you uh-huh. know, just excruciating out by the swimming pool, you know, <laughs> listening to the Oscar nominations be announced and smoking mimosas, you know. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh my God, I can smoke a mimosa right now. (laughs) Yes, it's a wonderful strain. You should try (laughs) On our day, the day we're recording this, they did announce Oscar nominations uh, this morning. And you actually, we're going to get into your very um, uh, uh, varied and accomplished career, but you actually (laughs) are a historical figure when it comes to the Oscar nominations because you were the first ever person who was allowed to be up for consideration in two categories for the same film, supporting actress and supporting actors. Is correct? 
That is correct, yes. The Academy approved it for the first time ever. That's a that's, that's a huge. huge. Like, I know, you know, feel? it was it was magical. I mean, listen, I was not living some pipe dream thinking that I was going to be sitting next to Meryl Streep at the Oscars nominated sure. with her, you know. But the thing that I loved about it was that it actually opened up dialogue for the first time with people members of the academy that had never heard of anything about you know, transness or non-binary, you know,ness or anything like that. So for right. me, it was just about opening the conversation, you know, not only for the Oscars, but for all award shows, you know, so, or, yeah. you know, any Because there is like a lot of conversation about why are they separated? Obviously, yeah. you know, obviously we live in this binary world. Awards. Yeah, you know, I mean, award shows are, you know, a scam a, a mockery anyway i mean you know you just <laughs> really have to buy it really but um you know to say that there's a best of i mean how are you going to say that kate blanchett's performance in this was better than meryl streep's in this i mean my god they're both geniuses you know right so the whole thing is just you know kind of funny and you know anyway so <laughs> why not just you know go roll with the times because some of us don't feel comfortable sitting in the you know on one side of the one other side of the sit other. in the middle have yeah. you seen the nominations i did i haven't looked at them yet but did lady gaga get snubbed the little monsters are mad darling. i think they're mad right i saw they're something mad. that, like, that um, mad. and kristen stewart kristen stewart got nominated. it for spencer yes she did uh-huh that's a big you know i gotta say it okay she was terrible okay. in twilight i've only watched the first twilight movie but it was so bad and then i saw her and wait no i'm gonna talk about her whole goddamn career okay. and then the most recent <laughs> film that i saw her in was in the charlie's angels thing where i was like she's not like acting, acting. everyone else in the room is acting yeah. and she's saying lines and like trying to look hard that's the only way i can describe it yeah look and hard. then I watched a little bit of Spencer and I was like, I guess this is pretty good. The accent is good. But it, then again, it's like a dreamland movie. So it's like mm. not really all based in reality. So you could do whatever. And for her to be nominated for that over Lady Gaga, who had a swarm of flies sent to her. Uh, she studied Stanislavski, god damn it. She, no, Lee Strasberg. Wait, yeah. what did she say? She kept on being All like, it's a Lee Strasberg. It was, it was very she, Maryland. I loved it. It was like, I've studied at the studio with Lee Strasberg. What I love is how earnest Gaga's interviews are. When yes. she does press about a film, she is like, she's like, I remember she's you. Playing a movie we star. spoke in 2013 on the red carpet at the, you know, like she remembers all the reporters. She's so earnest, yet so calculated because she repeats the same stories in the talk. The same words. stories. It's such you a, know, it's manifestation that, of performing as a star. But I do love that the, the drama that she brings to those conversations, because I miss actors like that, that discuss the art of acting. You know, when you see yeah. old interviews with like Judy Garland and Catherine Hepburn, you know, they get into the whole acting. You know, I miss that. And I love that she's bringing that back. Well, this is a this is a perfect sort of way to segue into. So you, we love on this show to kind of you know start at the beginning. You we're you going were all raised the way back in to Oklahoma. Oklahoma, uh, this is correct. Oklahoma, yeah, born and raised. <laughs> and was it pretty homo there? Was it homo? Were you? Oh, honey, are you kidding? They don't ride with those big old rifles in the back of those pickem up trucks for nothing. Because they sit all, on them, you know? Huh? They sit on them. You sit on them. Oh, they're loaded. They're loaded, honey. <laughs> they're loaded Kelly! and ready to blow. And okay. let me tell you, this country girl was 
inspiring all of them, honey. <laughs> so, so you, so you were a young whore. Or, uh, I, was, <laughs> I, I was, I was a very peculiar girl. <laughs> yes. Always surrounded by older gentlemen. Couldn't quite figure out yes. what the appeal was. Um, I was I was I was Lana Del Rey before Lana Del Rey. No, I, was, I was riding, honey. Right. You you have a I don't I feel like some people really know this about you and other people don't, but correct me if I'm wrong, your uncle was Mickey Mantle, the baseball yes. player. Yes. That's like a very I famous thought that was pretty person. well known. Didn't you say that on when you were on Drag Race? I don't remember if I said that when I was on Drag Race, but um I think it's pretty well known. I mean, you know, I'm uh he was my daddy's big brother and yeah, it's kind of a trip, you know. I mean, I always jokingly say, you know, I'm a switch hitter too. So it runs <laughs> in the family. But boom, thank you. I'll be here all night. What, but, was, did, what were there like- any like yeah, perks or anything like that growing up with a fucking celebrity in the family? Did you go to any big sport events or whatever? Well, he played way before my time. And so right. by the time I was born, he was already retired because of injuries and things like that. And so for me growing up, he was just Uncle Mickey. Right. Oh. You know, um, just like a family member. And I, of course, I wasn't, you know, my daddy was the high school football coach. My brother was the all-star athlete. and He's now a basketball coach. So I come from a family of athletes and especially in small town, Oklahoma, you know, I mean, you're kind of seen as like royalty because football is like Mm -hmm. the shit, you know. And so for me, I was more, of course, not I wasn't into sports. I was over here doing my acting and my music and everything. And um, so he was just Uncle Mickey. But it was when he passed away that I realized, wow, this is like a fucking He's like an American legend. It's yeah. kind of weird, oh, you know. So crazy. Yeah. So that was, you know, cool to kind of be around that. And, you know, as I got older, I saw, you know, what what kind of life he led and everything. So I think that's probably kind of what it's like for Beyonce's kids. Like they're just she's just mom at home, you know? Mm-hmm. Just mom. Just be. She's just, just Uncle mom. Mickey at home. But then like, you know, when <laughs> no. she dies, they'll realize the impact. They'll realize. Wow. <laughs> okay. So you were saying, <laughs> How did you give They were okay. somebody. So everyone in your family is super into sports. sports. And then yes. you, when did you decide like acting is what I'm gonna do? I knew from the first minute I remember having thoughts. I was like, oh. I am a million different people living inside of me. I am literally schizo, psycho, multiple personality disorder. I mean, Word. you name it. And I was like, I'm going to turn all of this into art, you know? Yeah. So I knew very early on. And I, you know, I grew up watching Carol Burnett reruns and just seeing her, you know, the costumes and the characters and all of it, the improv, you know, I was like, that's what I want to do. Oh. Yeah. So, so after college, you after went to college. Chicago. I did. Oh, and was that because it was the closest big city that had like theater, or why? Like, why didn't you choose New York or LA right away? Well, because I, yeah, I was just graduating from the University of Oklahoma with my little theater degree in my suitcase. <laughs> um, and I knew that I wanted to continue doing theater, and I got accepted into Second City in Chicago. Oh! And I was also doing classes at Steppenwolf. So that's why I went the there. The heavy hitters. And the Lee Strasberg, where this is where you learn. I'm just like, having my Gaga moment. I'm having my Gaga moment. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about my trainings. I studied with Uta Hagen Dass. <laughs> 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 oh my God. <laughs> yes, bro. 
Not Uta Hagen. I she just was going through my books. Actress. I yeah, have like, three Uta Hagen NYU books. For and so mm-hmm. I just threw out a bunch of that stuff because I was like, you didn't help me then and you're not helping me now. That's hilarious. Meatball. There's little monsters out there who want to learn yeah, about yeah, acting. Yeah, Goodwill. Method. Goodwill. If you want acting stuff, you go to Goodwill. If you want Were both of you theater majors? Yes. No, he was or a like... directing major. No, I was a theater major. Oh. Theater major. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I think we had that conversation in Columbus. I think. Yeah, okay. I was going to ask you if you remember Wait, that. Y'all trip, were in Columbus? Kelly. Yes. We did a gig together in Columbus and we had so much fun. And I, I was so wasted by the time it got to his set. And I came out and tried to do a number with him. And I was just like falling all over the stage. <laughs> and then we kind went of back to the hotel. To yes. And like, I remember getting you. It was one of those hotels. I either the, it was it was like an, an old converted downtown like art deco mm, building that maybe yeah. was a bank at one point and then became a hotel whatever but it had like big revolving doors and it had this like old rotary phone in between <laughs> so when when the doors when the lobby doors locked at night if you didn't have your key card you could pick up the rotary phone and it would go to the front desk and you could say like i have a food delivery or i'm coming in for a late check-in or whatever <laughs> and i remember when kelly and i got back after the club you were doing bits on this rotary phone <laughs> i like was? just as characters <laughs> like you were just picking up the phone oh and you're like God. oh sweetheart no i can't make it home for dinner like <laughs> You were doing bits on bits. With you just the two about, of us? Well, I think someone drove us. Someone, like, from the gig drove us back. That and is I hilarious. was going to, like, drop my bags off to go fiddle around town later after that. And you were yeah. on some gentleman caller shit. We had a great uh, time. I was so stoned, obviously. I don't remember any of that. But I do remember having a great time. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun little moment in Columbus. That is hilarious. Yeah, Wait, I love that you remember that. So... I want to get to when did when did you start doing drag? Like when did when did you get bit by the little drag bug? Well, you know, my drag journey is very different because I didn't do drag in the bars or the clubs. Um, so you're I literally than me. no, God no. So you're Are saying you you're better than me? Fuck no. Are what you that doing that two three four nights a week <laughs> blows my brain. I'm like, oh my god, I can't. I can't. I don't know how people do it. Yeah. It's insane. But no, what I'm saying is it all started from just playing like female roles or or roles in theater that were just in drag, you know, like we would make them either female or drag or. Oh. So that's how it started. And then, of course, I've always been a little gender bender. I mean, you know, I was a little, you know, a little girl growing up, you know, with just pigtails and incense and lollipops. You know, and then I discovered Boy George and I was like, oh, I get it. Like, that's where I kind of live in that area, you know. Oh. Yeah. So it's like all of that kind of happened that way. And so I, you know, I had done a few drag shows here in L.A. for like charities and stuff, but it wasn't ever like a gig for me. It was a character based or? No, it was just me like thinking, well, I'm going to like go out on a hot date with some, you know hot straight boy afterwards so i'm just gonna try to look pretty got it no <laughs> so I, would yeah, sh- that... I would show up and like sing a song <laughs> right you know but i wouldn't think about i'm gonna put this look together like that has never been in my brain right oh. you know? so yeah. when when you were in chicago and you were studying was like were people really open to the idea of like you're in your acting class and you know i think now if someone were to say like a young student 
would you know the teacher would be open to like any character in the play however mm-hmm. you want to explore you know who you are or whatever or when you were in acting class did you feel like you had to stick to one thing or you walked in and you said here's the deal i'm always going to be acting you know in the female roles mm. no i love as an actor i love the um idea and the challenge to take on any kind of role mm. you know so i was always open to being very non-binary in that way we didn't have that word at the time. Yeah. Right. We didn't use it at the time. But, um, you know, I would always, I think the word we used, I mean, I always used the word queer or gender bender. Yeah. You know, just to kind of mean I'm, you know, a very gray area and I'm constantly traveling, you know. And were your teachers like really open to that in the study and the program? Yeah. Everyone that's was always cool. open to that. I mean, that's kind of, that's you asked really where the drag started. That's kind of where it started is because we did a scene, uh, we did a thing for Hedda Gabler. And so I was like, why can't I play Hedda Gabler? And they're all like, Work. why can't you? I'm like, Ooh. let's do it. You know? So that's kind of where that all started was just the idea of, you know, playing these female roles and like, well, why not? I'm I mean, so jealous. My school, they wouldn't have let us do that. They were very much trying to butch me up. Like, well, I had those people come along. I had an agent in Chicago. She's like, you're never going to work unless you bitch up. Yeah, you're going to bend your knees when you walk. Her <laughs> name was Judith. Yeah, she said, bend your knees when you walk. You walk like a toothpick. You look like a fairy. Like, she was very that. And I'm like, but that's not me, Judith. <laughs> Judith, you're Judith. barking up the wrong tree, Judith. You're barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, listen, let's take a quickie break. Uh, and then we're going to talk about... Uh, your beginnings in LA. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be right back after this break. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes you'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week including calorie smart protein plus and keto also there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long when my fridge is stocked with factor meals i'm like oh baby i don't have to think about this Mm -hmm. like It is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this oh, is yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals? Try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. And Factor Meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. All you gotta do is heat up and savor the good stuff. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle. 
and we're celebrating Earth Day all month long with Factor. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash sloppyseconds50 and use code sloppyseconds50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code sloppyseconds50 at factormeals.com slash sloppyseconds50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. And we're back. That's kind of wait. That was pretty good. Here's the thing: you completely blew out for us on the Zoom call, but I think when we hear the recording back, you'll sound lovely. Oh, steady, sustained note. Thoughts, Kelly? It was like being at a rave. Oh, because it it the the sound (laughs) dropped out. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, so Kelly, you're a singer and an actor. Those things combined to meet at the dead center of musical theater. Are you a musical theater gal? Do you know Wicked? I love musical theater. Uh I've always done straight plays, for lack of a better word, but that's what Mm. they're called. Um, Because I don't do that. I'm I'm like, when I sing, I'm I'm kind of like, you know, like Jewel. Like, I have a really whispery, so I don't do that. Like, that's no business, like, show, you know. Like, I, I can't sing like that, you know. Yeah. Um, so I don't do a lot of musicals. But I have done a lot, but they've been kind of very on the edge of, like, what's not your typical musical theater kind of thing. Okay. But I love but, it. I'm a huge fan of it. Have you seen Wicked? Uh, Alexander Billings was just on the Broadway version of Wicked. Yes. Yes. And a perfect Madame Morrible, the greatest voice for it. Absolutely. I've never seen it, but Uh. I've seen the clips and I've seen clips with her in it and it looks brilliant. Meatball's kind of obsessed with I'm like a little bit obsessed. Are you? If you were to ask me for like individual questions, I've just seen it like three or four times. She mostly likes the one song. I like Defying Gravity where she goes, ooh, ah! Have you ever done it in drags? She did a digital one. I did a digital one and I like wasn't fully committed to it because it was digital. I honestly, digital drag was hard. It was. It was weird. I mean, it's weird doing. I was doing some comedy and when you have no feedback, right? Oh, yeah. Or there's like a delayed response or people are like also doing other stuff while they're watching you in a Zoom. Like it was too hard. It was weird. Um, Okay, so. But have you done it live? You should do it live. No, she can't actually sing live. Yes, I. uh, Well, I haven't tried it yet. Not you jumping on. Yes, I can. So yes. Listen, if if I don't believe in myself, no one else will. Yes, you are going to do Wicked live in 2022 on the Broadway stage. Wait, 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 Meatball. We had this conversation and then we let the idea die. Don't we want to do a like a sloppy seconds wicked performance and everyone is like drunk? Yeah. Yes. And it's like abridged and it's live singing and everyone sounds bad. Yes. yes but what if what if you're so that. drunk you end up sounding great? Well, See, that's that my, well, be... we just got in this conversation last week is that sometimes a little bit of tequila or a lot of it yeah. really pumps up my talent. Have <laughs> you ever had to run into that issue where maybe there's something, a crutch that you have? 
I don't consider it a crutch. I consider it a blessing. Okay. Sent, okay. From, the, <laughs> sent from the performance gods to say, you shall partake in a few spirits before you go out and perform it for the masses. <laughs> yes, they baby, will gotta... feel that running through your bloods and your veins. Yeah, yes. they'll feel the spirits for sure. Yes. <laughs> the spirits will move through them easier, quicker, more violently. Yeah. More fun. And you know, it does get violent around 3 a.m. It turns. Yes. Fun to mean. Absolutely. I'm a big, big conveyor of the spirits. You know. <laughs> so, okay. So we talked about Chicago a little bit. Then what prompted you to move we to We didn't Los even Angeles? talk about Mickey Mantle dating Marilyn Monroe. Did you ever steal anything of hers? Did you find anything in his house? Oh my God, I have the weirdest story about that. So I was home um, the last Thanksgiving I got to spend with my parents. They both passed away. Um, but when I was home with them the last Thanksgiving, we were going through a box of old pictures and magazines and all this stuff. And I found this old, what would have been like a tabloid magazine from you know back in Mickey's day. And it had Mickey and Marilyn on it. And it said, um, Mickey Mantle and Marilyn Monroe having an affair. <gasps> And um, so I asked my dad, I said, you know, because dad was with Mickey. Well, he was like the, you know, basically Mickey's assistant the whole time he played for the Yankees. And I said, oh, my God, I've never thought to ask you, did Mickey know Marilyn? Oh. Like, did he know her? He was fucking her. Yeah, she was fucking and I'm everybody. Like, what? And he's like, yeah. And he said, um, they used to meet up in a hotel room there in New York. And he even had a picture of her sitting on the toilet in the hotel that they would meet up in, in his locker. Well, the weird story about this is I have been told by two different psychics that I was Marilyn Monroe in a past life. What? So without thinking about it, I told my dad and mom, I said, oh, my God, I've had two psychics tell me I was Marilyn in a past life. And then we all sat there really uncomfortable going, oh. You fucked Uncle Mick? You fucked John? Yeah. That's kind of what that. (laughs) Wait, I can I ask? Wait, when did Marilyn Monroe die uh i don't know i was there but i don't i was there but i wasn't i don't remember you weren't yeah 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 yeah. interesting because i always think about past lives as being like centuries you know everyone talks about oh in a past life i was joan of arc in a past life i was Mm -hmm. this and you never think about like oh yeah a couple decades and then you come back to earth you know what I mean? Also, how come when everyone has a past life, there's someone super famous? It's not well, like exactly. I had a past I mean, life, listen. I was just an Irish potato farmer. Like, <laughs> when's the normal stuff? That's very it. I don't believe for a minute I was Marilyn in a past life. I'm not nearly as glamorous. She died in 1962, August right. 4th. Um, so I just she, like, her. hung out for a couple decades and then came back. Yes. But I do love the fantasy of thinking I was her in a past life. You know, I'm like, that's okay, crazy that two psychics that. picked up on that. Though. Isn't that weird? One of them I was in Dallas, Texas. Oh, when it's mm-hmm. right, it's right. Her name was Myrtle. <laughs> and she's like, you were Marilyn Monroe. With a <laughs> she sounded like Kelly. Sylvia Brown. <laughs> so I believe it wholeheartedly. I oh paid her sixty dollars. Oh my god! Okay. So wait, we got to talk about when you came onto the LA drag scene. It was pre-drag race. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you did you have like a sisterhood? Did you have a drag family? Like who were you close with? Or you were like, I'm just an actor. They're all bitches. They hate me. No, I'm kidding. Um, I did. You know, I mean, I, you know, back in the day, I don't, Bijou Deluxe and I uh, were great drag sisters. There was a lot of the people I would either act with or go on auditions with, which mm. is kind of funny. You know, Willem and I would go on auditions together all the time. And 
people say, well, isn't there competition? And it's like, no, it's out of our hands who books the role. We just yeah. do our best work. You book it or you don't. So yeah, and then from that, uh, the band Trans K was formed and that was Willem and me and Mama and uh, Miss Alana. Oh my God, Miss Alana, do y'all know Miss Alana? Do y'all remember no, her? Oh so. my God, fierce fucking black queen girl. She was given Sylvester. She was amazing. Wonderful life Mama? Singer. Mama. Y'all don't know Mama? No. Y'all do your herstories. Now, well, every Lydia time Willem said, talks about transcontinental, she doesn't mention those people. Yeah, she well, mentions Mama, Mama's even her drag mother. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Does she have Mama. more name or it's just Mama? Just Mama, Mama. Tits? Uh-oh. No, not Mama Tits. Mama. Okay, well, yeah, tell us she, about Mama. She was like the big queen of West Hollywood. Um, the big drag queen for many, many years. She hosted the gay prides. She did the Halloween events. What? She, wow. you know, did the big shows all the time. Yeah, Worthy Meacham. Great actor, great singer, great person. Wonderful. Yeah, mama. Do you still, um, is, are they still alive? Yes. Do you still keep her contact? <laughs> we do. We're friends on Facebook and we message and comment each other all the time. Ask Willem about mama. Willem okay. will tell you all yeah. about mama. We'll see if Willem remembers. I want to know more about the band. Were yeah. you all doing original music? Was it covers? What? Because you were doing like rock shows, right? We were. We were performing at House Blues. Opening yeah. Up for, um, what's that band? They do like the covers. Oh God, I can't remember. Steel Panther. Oh. Steel Panther. We were opening for them at House of Blues. Yeah, it was um it was a lot of fun, you know. It was just rock and roll. It was dirty. It was violent. It was um drug and alcohol infused, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It was amazing. And we were doing mashups. We would do like, you know, like I would do um, you know, um cherry bomb mixed up with, you know. Sucking on my titties like you wanted me, yeah, calling me all the time. Like, Blondie, check out my kiss, you know, just peaches. And it was amazing. It was fun. It was fun. It was um, Vicky Box, Detox, me, Willem, um, is what it ended up being. And Raya Latre joined also, yes. And wow. then they dropped you two and created DWV. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, thank God, you know, I was like, if I have to work with these bitches anymore. <laughs> crazy but no i don't i don't know what happened. yeah it morphed off into that some way i think but, but that wasn't using the band I don't think. yeah it was a different band they were doing yeah. their own thing so but you also you had mentioned that you had done a lot of auditions with willem and you've been known in the scene much longer than you were on drag race or much longer than pre- <laughs> wait let me reword that because that sounded so shady Woo! You've been yeah, go doing ahead, so go much ahead and else. You've been that. doing a lot of drag pre-drag race. You were on television shows and acting. Um, most currently, you've been starring alongside Tammy Brown in the Brown season one and two. What I think the like? question. I think the question you're trying, or what you're trying to what? say, is this is not a full. The outline is a mess today, everybody. It's not. I'm not meant to script the show. <laughs> These are points for you to engage in a real way with Kelly Meatball. Well, Kelly, I'd like to talk to you about all the TV shows and such that you've done before the draft. Yes. I love this. I mean, honestly, you were doing so well. I didn't even know you were reading a script. Um, well, it's not a script. It's it's very natural. Yeah. 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 Meepo pulls the curtain back. Um, 
So wait, what was the question? What was it like going from being like a, a real actor who had been on actual sets, television sets, and like union gigs, and then going to Drag Race? What was that like? Um, what was that experience like? Well, it was um, it was full of love. Everybody uh, say love. It everybody very, say love. It was it was a very lovely experience. You know, I love all of RuPaul's. Uh, quotes that he's repeated over and over for the last hundred years. My favorite one is um, what other people think of you, it's none of your business. Right, but that's actually true. literally made a career out of telling people what she thinks of them and yes. making it their business. <laughs> I love that. Um, but no, you know, it was uh, it was a, an eye-opening experience for me because it's like one of those things when I got there and I thought, you know what? I feel like they put too much cheese on the tater tot. You know, mm. and you want to take it back, but then you're like, well, I can't take it back. So I'm just going to go ahead and eat it. And you're sitting there eating them one by one. And then you're starting to get sick and you're like, oh, fuck. That's kind of what it was like for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, all, all yeah. of our tater tot experience. Yes. You know, because to me, it was hilarious. Um, I don't take all of this too seriously. I'm a big old showbiz show pony so a gig is a gig is a gig is a gig is a gig and that was just not my gig and you know so i i saw that very clearly going uh going once i got there especially um because you know i realized i can handle the acting and the music and the comedy and all that stuff but i am not a look queen and I can't put looks together. I'm, you know, I can't do this runway thing very well. And I'm also very shy and quiet when I'm not having to, when I'm not playing a character when there's a camera around. Mm-hmm. So that does not make for a good reality TV show person. <laughs> right. No, you went there to actually compete. Yes. Like challenges. I was thinking, I'm gonna go yeah. and I'm gonna do the acting and the music and the comedy and stuff, and I can wing all that other stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then I got there and I was like, you it. can't wing this shit. If you want it to look good, you either have to have a designer do it for you before you show up. Right. Or Which you have to be good really at it. People weren't really doing it. People weren't doing it on your season. They I would like know. luck out with some designer stuff. But. Yes. I didn't know any designers at the time. I mean, I knew two that com- made a few things for me. But, you know, when the producers came to our hotel rooms before the thing started, I could tell the minute they walked in, they looked around and said, what in the Nordstrom rat is Ah! going on in this hotel room with this person? We can't have them walking down the runway of RuPaul's Drag Race wearing. Did they give you notes, like, in the hotel? But they let Juju walk down the runway all the time in store bus. Don't do that. I did it. (laughs) I did it. So it was fun. I mean, listen, it was a hilarious experience to me. I tried making fun of it when I got off with my little single called Eliminated, just letting people know it's not that serious. Yeah. You know, it's really not. Um, And I'm just glad that people, you know, the the thing I gained from it was the fan base. They are amazing and so much fun to play with. And I'm just glad that people have finally caught up and been able to start laughing at it with me. You know, because I feel like for a long time, people were either very angry about it or they were very dismissive of me. Yeah. And I think finally people have caught up and said, it's fucking funny what happened. I went out there wearing this horrible (laughs) outfit that I tried to make in earnest, not knowing how to even turn a sewing machine on. You know, (laughs) (laughs) the fact that I even did this is a miracle in and of itself. (laughs) 
Right. Yeah, and I think that the fact that you had such a great sense of humor about it while it was happening, right yes. after you left, like all of that shows that you're like truly a winner at the end of the day because you're not out here like being mad about it. No. You were able to joke about it and move on and be like, I'm an actress. I love it. I love it. And the other thing too is, you know, now they're starting with the talent show and I'm like, well, if they had just started with that. Right? Yes. I could have, you know, shined a little bit more. Now, I'm sure a lot of people have asked, there, there are tons of theories out there in the world. If they were to do a first off season, would you go back? (gasps) Only if they promise to send me home first again. <laughs> I have a reputation to uphold. There you go. And I am not going to lose that reputation. I love that. What if What if for the first off only season, no one went home? And it just Can kept you, on being like, everyone had going. to just compete. And at the end, finally, one person oh my had God. the most points. It'd be yes. like Survivor. We'd, I'd be at the end going, please send me home. Just yeah. let me leave. I've only ever done this for one episode. I can't be here this whole time. <laughs> please sashay away me. Oh, right, yeah. They let's... force you to stay until you until you leave. It's on <laughs> you this time. Right. All right let's, let's take, take a, a little break. And we'll be right back. Okay, we are back, and we want to talk about the amazing series, The Browns, which um, there are two seasons of. You are a star of. You play Sheila uh, with your co-star, Tammy Brown. Tammy. Miss Tammy. Miss Tammy. Now, talk about about a custom-made acting role, Miss Sheila. Oh, my God. Oh, Sheila. Oh, my God. I love Sheila. She's just so wrong. She's right, you know? Yeah. She knows what she wants, and she's out here to get it. Honey, she's out here to get it. She is a strong-willed, delusional lesbian, and she (laughs) is living her best life right now in Hollywood. How did that role come about for you? Literally, Tammy called me up. um, Because, you know, Tammy and I, we've been friends for years, way before Drag Race. She's my little BFF. And she called me up and said, I'm working with this new uh, up and coming filmmaker, creator, John Mark, who's absolutely brilliant. Um, Come over and play. And I said, well, what the fuck are we going to do? And she's like, I don't know. Just I have no idea what's going on. So I, you know, grabbed some wine and weed and a wig and I showed up and <laughs> so the, all you need is the three W's. That's it. The three W's. And uh, we were sitting out on the front porch and they said action. And I said, well, what are we supposed to do? And John Mark's like, well, just talk to each other. So the whole thing's improvised just straight out of like curb your enthusiasm or like, you know, a Christopher guest movie. And uh, that's how it came about. And I said, well, what should her name be? And we sat there and thought about it. And I said, she's a Sheila. She's a Sheila. She's a she Sheila, really honey. Is a Sheila, because she can't get more than that out. Just Sheila. <laughs> that's just that's exhausting and, right there. And then you went to Mexico, right? Wasn't there the Browns in Mexico for a yes. little bit? That was the funnest season because we were down there just like guerrilla style, just with uh, uh, Gabe, our amazing um, director of DP, on his little camera there at the ocean, and it was all just. Like, what should we do? We're standing on the beach. I don't know. Action. And then I was like, I'm Sheila's going to kill herself. 
she's just kind of walking. So she just ocean. starts walking in the ocean, and we didn't rehearse it. We didn't. I decided right then Sheila's had enough. She's going to kill herself in PV. Oh my god! Oh my god! But so now the newer ones have to be a little bit more scripted, right? Because there's like full on action sequences and like storylines that are building. Exactly. This this new season is a little bit more scripted because you know it is like a five episode arc, and you know it's like a we have a TV show now with the network, and they're like, eh. um, you're like, no, great. we've got our three W's. We'll be fine. And they're we'll like, uh, we need to look at a script. Oh, we still kept those three W's in the contract. Trust and believe. But. She, um, no, it's a little bit more scripted, but we still allowed a lot of room for improv and and to take the script, you know, on our own and add our own lines and stuff. I added a lot with Sheila just there on the spot. So we still get to play. It's such like a lovely collaboration. It's such a like really good pairing. And what I love about it is it's not a filmmaker who is just capturing the two of you being kooky in a regular way. It's like yeah. the filmmaking is also kooky. The editing can be sort of like chopped up, like in the premiere episode of season two, the fact that you have the same conversation in 10 different locations on like the force <laughs> horse farm. It, it's like, it, there's no need for that, but it adds to the like kooky oh, nature no. of it. And it's just so fun. It's just like, it, it, it's also cool because you know, Drag Race is the biggest stage for drag. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who come out of there create something that looks cookie cutter like 10 other people did. They go, yes. oh, I'm going to do my music video. I'm going to do my thing. And it's like, shout out to you because everyone's getting their moment. But to yeah. be able to like say, oh, we know exactly what the tone is and what we want to do and make something unique that nobody else does. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. I really yeah, do. Because I think that that is uh, right on. And a lot of that is owed to John Mark, for sure, because he his mind kind of wraps around how to put all of these crazy, kooky, you know, characters together. Yeah, but yeah, I love it. It's so great because I can see y'all just being yourselves, but like you're playing characters. But yeah. like Tammy is such, um, I've worked with her a few times. We've hung out in hotel rooms. She's oh yeah, like she hard. just did your party. Yeah, she just did Fat Slut. Uh, yes. it, she's hard uh, to um, sometimes wrangle and get her oh, to yeah. focused. But mm-hmm. for some reason on the show, it just seems like it seems like it's probably a lot easier to film her than it than it actually is. But she's so good. Well, because she has shit in there saying, "Pull it together." You don't have <laughs> there and is a like, network behind us. I'm trying, but I'm dancing away. I'm dancing, dancing, love pinata. And I'm yeah. like, Harry, <laughs> pull it together. We have to go home. Now, when she tells you a wild story, are you able to follow it from point A to point B, or do you just kind of go through the whole alphabet with her? I have become the Tammy Whisperer. (laughs) I am the Tammy Translator. I have learned how to navigate it all now, and it is a a choppy sea to get through. It is. You know, but when you do, you're like, oh. But you don't realize it till a couple days later, and then you're like, wow, that was actually kind of genius. And I just realized what she was talking about. <laughs> the dead body. And that's the gift of Tammy. Yeah, I found yes. a dead body while walking my dog. <laughs> now, did you find any dead bodies on the set of The Bitch Who Stole Christmas? Okay! I did, I did, I did. It was I rude, because they, they propped her up on that green screen, right? Girl, 
she fell from that tree and I had to step over her dead body. It was terrible. I called SAG after and said, I will not stand for this anymore. And they said, we don't have that uh, production on our books. They're like, the bitch who stole Christmas never heard of it. Never, never heard, heard of it. it. Um, we, did a, we did a watch along of that on this podcast. So we watched the whole thing and talked our way through it. And we screamed when you appeared on the little bus we station cameo. It. I so love funny. little old Madeline, honey. She was yes. lost. And I told them, I said, now y'all going to give me this role with two lines, but you know, she's going to become Madeline. Yes. And so <laughs> she's going to have a name. She's going to have a backstory. She's going to have a name, a backstory. Everything. She will be in character the whole time. Method acting. Completely. I mean, I was pretty much lost from the moment I got to sit. (laughs) But yeah, no, that was so much fun. And the writers are such good sports and they were great. And uh, the crazy thing is, I don't think a lot of people realize this. We shot this out at a Disney ranch, which is out in like the freaking wilderness. Um, Mm. And it was like the middle of June and it was literally like 100 degrees where we were. Yeah, and I'm in a scarf and a beret and an overcoat, and I was like, "Not them putting drag queens in Christmas in more clothes, uh, yeah. clothing." Oh, but you know, Rupa, all of her scenes were indoors. They were all <laughs> in a green perfectly. Screen. Yeah, a green we clocked we clocked this amazing in the final scene when the Rue's character oh. like <laughs> comes and they all hang out and they're by the fireplace the and they're all hanging out. There a is a body double. double. It's, it's someone Ruse in Rue's wig or a similar wig with their back to the camera and everyone else is like kikiing and so cheering. So the moment they got her front coverage, she was she out. That is hilarious. She's like, no, I'm gone. And what's amazing And I is also that, did find out that that role what? that Brooklyn Heights was doing was actually written for Katya. There was just some um, scheduling issues. So oh. Brooklyn took over. Which and would make... play Ka- like... A Her Russian whole role whore. was a Russian hooker. Like it was for Katya. They didn't even want to rewrite it. She had to try an accent. <laughs> a Russian whore with a um fucking herpes scar, which is like literally what Katya said just, on Drag Race yeah. in that lyric. That is hilarious. Well, Brooklyn did a great job. She was she so good. She was incredible. Did a great job. As There's Katya. nothing that she can't do. <laughs> oh, I know, right? It's beautiful. Yeah. Hey, yeah. And we worked with Katya in the in the new season. She's in episode yes, five. Got villain. to do all the fighting with her, and oh my god, I had so much fun with her she is a trip i love her how long did it take y'all to shoot that fighting the fight sequence because it's big there's yeah. like five or six of y'all all fighting and then the van happens yeah we were there the whole day and we had stunt teachers teaching us how to do it and stuff and i thought i was going to throw my back out or something i kept having to land on katya and i kept thinking oh my god i'm so sorry are you okay and She's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like a punching bag. Just punch me. Punch me. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's, she said God. that before. <laughs> right? Emotional punch An me. emotional punching okay. bag. Punch me. But yeah, um, it took like the whole day. I was like, this is crazy. That's a good tackle at the end, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when she goes down so hard. Y'all have to watch it. It's so funny. It is fun. Let's take a break and we'll come right back. We'll be right back. And we're back. So, Kelly, our final segment is the segment we like to call Fuck Fuck Talk, in which we tell a graphic, possibly embarrassing, hopefully celebratory, sexual story from our pasts. 
Thoughts? Now, feel no pressure to do this if you don't want to engage, but I feel like you're quite the mystery. Are you single? Married? Divorced? Divorcee? Divorcee? <laughs> you have <laughs> sex you in your gigs? Did you get you, you catch a lot of trade at the Trans K shows? Girl, she has always caught the trade at the what was that place called? Peanuts. 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 But that what was that restaurant afterwards? The Yukon. Yes, the Yukon Mining Company, honey. Oh, honey, what? she lived back in the day, girl. Tell us. Yes. This is what we need Tell to know. Us. No, I'm a. I, well, you were asking if I'm in a relationship. I am in a relationship. Um, With my an army man. He's in the Marines. Marines. Yeah, it's different than Army. He'll get he'll kick your ass if you say that for some reason. Make, I please. I would please. like I'm it. a punching bag. Yeah, I'm a punching no. bag. He's hot. You would love it. It's amazing. Uh, ah! <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, he's amazing. James is amazing. He's actually going to LA Film School now and uh, an aspiring filmmaker, yeah. Super cool. Uh-oh, oh, dynamic duo. Right. I got my own little Quentin Tarantino Totino. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Totino's pizza roll tinta. Uh, yes, okay. girl. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so you're in a relationship, but I we want to hear. We're obsessed with this idea. We, you know, Raj and Delta have a show on our network called Very That. They talk about peanuts all the time. They talk about that sort of like moment. What was your experience like? It seemed like there were different <clears throat> nights of peanuts and everyone would end up at the Yukon afterwards. And... You know, I always say this. I was obsessed with dating. I don't know why. I was always obsessed with dating because I'm such a, a people, like I love just finding out about people, like getting into the nitty gritty of people. And that's the actor in me. Like I want to know, you know, and the writer, I want to write all these crazy stories. So I was obsessed with dating and I would go out on these dates with all, I mean, I was literally with like the village people. It's like I had the fireman, the LAPD officer, the pro basketball player, the rapper, you know, the, I mean, just all these like silly stereotypes that, you know, you think of, but that's what they did for livings. And we would just go on these dates and connect and like, I don't know, it was fascinating to me, but then I was always that one that was like, okay, well, that's all I wanted. I got a free dinner (laughs) and we got to connect and goodbye. That's all I wanted. I just wanted to find out the humanity of this situation because it intrigues me. <laughs> a pro oh. basketball player and you weren't hock, hock, yucking on his dick in the car? Uh, well, I mean, I'm not going to say that some of the dates didn't lead to other extracurricular activity. Okay. okay. So certainly some of them did. But at the end of the day, that is the main reason why I was on this date was I wanted to find out about the surrealness of this situation. Oh. You know, but I bet you got propos- go ahead. Gave me a flashback to one time that I forgot, I completely forgot about what. What? So there's a club, I can't remember what it's we called. unearth a lot of trauma on this podcast. This one wasn't yes. trauma, okay? But it was, it was, I was in Pasadena at the boulevard, uh-huh. early drag. I was very ugly, and I had just packed up my stuff and the bar was pretty much closing and we like you know how the girls like kiki and stick around after the bar closes well there was a patron who stuck around and he came over to me and started talking to me and was telling me all the stuff about how he was like ex-military and he had just moved back and was like looking for friends and wanted to know if i wanted to hang out and i was like well i'm kind of busy right now but maybe another time and he was like well i mean do you need a ride home and i was like Yes. So we got in his pickup truck and we he drove me all the way home. And once we got back to my place, I was like, 
you want to go watch some TV? And so I, we went up and I was like, I'm just going to go to the bathroom really quick. And I took off my makeup in the bathroom while he was just in my home, like in the living room of my apartment. And I took off my makeup. And when I came out, he was so upset that I took my makeup off. <laughs> he was like, oh. And I was like, yeah, I just wanted to get it off. And he was like, yeah, so I got to go. It was just like we were like still drinking and doing stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, goodbye. And then he got lost in my apartment complex. <laughs> Girl, he wanted the fantasy. Why you didn't want to give him? You didn't want to give him the fantasy. Well, because I thought, well, because this was, I was still very young into drag, and I was like, this guy wants to fuck me. But like, no part of my brain was like, he wants to fuck me as a fat, ugly girl. Woman. The game is the quiche. I didn't <laughs> know. So that's what they've been saying at Peanuts. The yes. game is the game is the quiche. For you, I mean, I know. For yeah, you, for obvi- me, it wasn't a quiche. It was right. just. Yeah. So, how would you describe yourself? Because you're quoted on Google as saying, describes herself as a lesbian, transgendered gay woman. (laughs) They didn't get that joke right. The joke is, (laughs) whoever wrote that did not do well on that. The joke is, I am a gay, bisexual, transgender lesbian. I'm all the. It's not a joke, actually. Oh, it's it's right. just the, the truth. truth. It's it's just a funny thing to say because I'm all the above, honey. I'll eat anything with a sneeze guard over it. It don't matter Whoop. to me. Um, would Would you consider yourself a sapiosexual? You know, someone who's like turned ooh. on by intellect. I like that. I've never heard that before. Really? Sapiosexual. If, let me make well, sure. Okay, I turned get on by definition. intellect, but what if I was? What if I'm like turned on by dumb people? What well, see, I get turned on by dumb people too. Me too. The big so dumb maybe there's, like, there's a sapio dumb dumb sexual. Yeah. yeah, someone who finds intelligence sexually attractive or arousing. If I'm in the mood, yes. Like those dates that I was yes. talking about. Mm, like that. Yes. 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 But I also get a little turned on when someone's just completely fucking stupid as fuck. Me Let me see if there's a term for that. Yeah, I, I like them real you dumb, know. big head. Yeah, where you're just like you don't even know. You have no clue anything it's about anything. Morophilia, being sexually attracted to stupid. Well, now that sounds like a disease. Sounds- <laughs> well, see, in the right context, sounds hot. Morophobia. Wait, what is it? Morophilia. Morbid phobia. Morbid phobia. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> It, you know, it, 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 something that I find interesting, Meatball, this is a conversation Meatball and I have had too, is like, do you, are you, if someone comes to see a show of yours, right? They see you in a play, they recognize you from TV, they come to a performance, you're singing, you do comedy on stage, and then they want to get sexual with you. Are you able to do both of those things with that person? Because for me, you know, I much want to. I much would rather have sex with someone who doesn't know me as a performer, who sort of knows my regular name, who isn't like, oh, I saw you on stage or I saw this photo of you, blah blah blah. It's almost like a turnoff. I try to like get away from it. You just want to mm. be, you know, Kelly from around the way. Yeah, I mean, I think if if it were happening there at the very moment, like they had just seen me perform on stage, it's kind of different when someone says, oh, I saw you on a TV show or a movie, because that right, was right. maybe some time ago or something. And that's to kind of be expected. You think, well, if they watch it, they might have seen me. But yeah, if it were to happen like right there in the dressing room, I'd be like, well, 
you got to give me some roses and some champagne first because you just watched me perform and we're in my dressing room and (laughs) I I have the necessities that needed to be met. Kelly's a class act, girl. You are so classy. Me and me probably like suck on who's dick. Yeah, exactly. Well, now that's not to say that I'm going to be all sloppy when it happens. You okay. know, but we got to lead up to that point. You know, I can't just mm. go from, you know, from sentimental to sassy to sloppy all in the same. <laughs> also, I think it's different for me because, like, by the end of one of my shows, I'm just gone. I'm like wasted. <laughs> like, paid I'm out s- and disgusting. And just disgusting and sweaty. And like, the last right. thing on my mind is like, no, let's get, let's get busy. It's like, how do I get food in me and into a bed? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, especially if you've got all those pads and the hose and the... Yeah. Oh, and then it's just the smell that rises from that stuff after wearing it for, like, five hours. Yeah. Not the smell. It's It's like, I'm gonna, you know, they come up to you there and you're all in this costume that you have to perform in. They're like, I'm gonna fuck you so hard right now. And it's like, well, good luck getting in, honey. Yeah, good (laughs) luck. There's at least seven inches of pantyhose. If you can um, find your way in, have at it. It's all yours if you can get it. <laughs> Two for one. I have ah! something <laughs> to end the episode today. I have something I would like to read you. Oh yes, please do. I love okay. it. Okay, so we found this. Maybe you've heard it. I don't know. Someone wrote a poem. A fan about wrote you. a poem about you. About me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, You've never heard so it? We found this on the so. internet. Meepo, you want to take turns? Do you have it up? I don't have it up. Okay, I'll start. If you if you get it up in the time, you can take over. So okay. this is a poem about Kelly Mantle. We found this is on Reddit. An actor, musician, and a fierce drag queen, one of the most talented performers you've ever seen, working on film, TV, and on stage, history of Oscars has now a brand new page. For one role, Kelly Mantle has two nominations. This news was celebrated in many nations. Small step for Kelly, giant leap for equality. Slant rhyme. On the march towards the true unity. Okay, global perspective. Three released albums. Fourth one is on the way. I don't know the timing of when this poem was written. We're eagerly we're eagerly waiting when it sees the light of day. Rocking out or just popping it in. We all love to hear Kelly sing. Another slant run. Her hobbies include four-wheeled man magnets. Like a queen, she is surrounded by buzzing hornets. Slant. That's a that's not even a slant. That's I would have rhymed magnet with faggot. Yeah, faggot. Okay. <laughs> Wanna take a peek under the hood? This time, the grease is finger-licking good. Muscle cars make her pussy sing. Yes. Step in and get ready for some backseat swing. Backseat at the Trans Am. After the bumpy ride, you feel like a new man. Yeah. Don't you know who she thinks she is? (laughs) When needed, the title can be either Mr. or Miss. The rainbow, the rainbow brick road is now wider by a mile. So join us on the road with Kelly, tile by tile. Thoughts? Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Are you serious? Yeah. Who yeah. wrote that? Someone wrote it two years ago. 
And uh, yeah, it was on Reddit. It's on Reddit. And the number one comment, muscle cars make her pussy sing. Lana Del Rey found scalpless. See, I told you. You are the Lana Del Rey. I was living my Lana Del Rey fantasy before she. (laughs) I do. I love a good muscle car, honey. I got a few of them myself. That is, would y'all send that to me? Because I want to try to find that author and tell them thank you so much. That's yeah, of such course. A good poet. I love that. Absolutely, we'll send it. That warmed the cuckles of my black heart. There you go. Not cuckles. Yeah. Well, Kelly, girl. thank you so much thank for joining so much for us on Sloppy here. Seconds. Thank you so much for having me. You all are so much fun, and I love everything about you. Appreciate thank that. You. We love you too. Um, check Wait, out do you live the in Browns. Still? I do. Oh, you're going to be a fat slut. We're going to have you soon. <laughs> yes, girl. Get me um, over there and I'll do a little number. Check out The Browns. Uh, season one and two are both streaming. Um, Kelly will probably pop up on many episodes of television if you're looking at things. Do you have anything coming out soon? I saw there's a lot of stuff in post-production on your IMDb, but anything pending coming up? Soon? Yeah, I've got a few indie films coming up. I'm a little indie darling, you know. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I'm very excited about them. Some great scripts, some great acting. Um, one of them has some other uh, Drag Race Queens in it, Alaska, Laganja, Vicky Box in it. So yeah, it's going to be um, super cool. Oh, I can't wait till cool. that comes out. Yeah. yeah, and then I'm working on my music. It's going to get out here in 2022, hopefully. We love it. We love Never know. Well, All right, thank people. You so Give much us the for outro. Li- thank you so much for listening to Sloppy Seconds. You can follow us on Instagram at Sloppy Pod. You can send us an email to sloppysecondspod at gmo.com or call in with your fuck talk story to 213-536-9180. You can follow us on Instagram at Big Dipper Jelly and Spiciest Meatball or Fat Drag Meatball and Big Dipper Jelly on Twitter. And on TikTok, Big Dipper Jelly and Meatball the Drag Queen. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode which come out every Tuesday and Friday. Goodbye. Goodbye. Doodle doot doot forever. Dog. To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom. Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Music, editing, and sound design by William Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey. <laughs>